Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm joined by one of probably my favorite clients of all time. This young man has built a very successful marketing agency. And so in today's episode, we're going to talk about his journey, how he's built this marketing agency, some of the challenges he's had to overcome, some of the best things he's done to attract clients, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be amazing. Michael Keenan, thanks for joining us. No problem, mate. Thanks for having me on. So um, maybe just uh, for context before we get stuck in, tell everyone uh, who's listening what exactly your business does, please. Yeah, so um, the company's called Failure Clinic, and we work with, we, we help scalp micropigmentation clinics, so hair tattoo clinics, and book more clients and, and grow their business online. Cool. So I'm going to dig into that straight away. So you help hair tattoo clinics scalp micropigmentation clinics to grow their practice, to win more clients, predominantly using um, you run their Facebook ads, their Instagram ads, correct? Yeah, that's what's been pretty much in town. However, we're kind of starting to expand that at this point with, with where we are in terms of other advertising platforms. But yeah, it's largely been Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, um, like that is a very specific niche market. Whenever I talk about the importance of specializing, you are one of the people that I talk about because there's so many agencies out there providing marketing services, maybe even um, specializing in running Facebook ads, but very few that are niched as you are by industry. Um, so just what what was what was the thinking? How did, how did you get into that niche in the first place? Yeah, so it was a while. I think it was a couple of years ago at this point we, we, we niched down. Before that, I was kind of one of those generalist agencies that would take on anybody and everyone. I'd do social media marketing. I'd post on their social media. I'd do their Facebook ads. I'd try their Google ads. Um, like if they wanted consulting, I'd try and do that. And offering all these services to all these people, I basically made nothing. Like I struggled to pull in even like one or two grand a month. Over a couple of years, I did that. Um, but eventually one of my clients um, I had and kind of built up a good relationship with referred me to one of his mates that was opening a new business uh, in Glasgow where I was living at the time. Um, and it was a scalp micropigmentation business. And I hadn't heard anything about it. I didn't know what it was. But we met and we spoke and um, we took him on board, started running his ads. Um, and it was a lot harder than I thought at first. It wasn't like it wasn't like an immediate success with, with him. We, we didn't get results, honestly, for quite a few months. Um, however, it kind of opened my eyes to what the industry was and start, how it worked and um, just gave me experience running ads for SMP, scale micropigmentation. Um, and then from there, uh, I think I joined Mastermind with, with you and when we kind of had my initial consultation, sat down um, and I kind of, one, one of the stages that I was niching down, picking a niche, and I kind of looked at my client base at the time um, and that one seemed like it had the most promise in terms of how fast the industry was growing. Um, and just some other numbers that in terms of um, on on the, the financial side of things with kind of what you could make them and that sort of thing that made it make sense to, to at least try niching down um, and, and use that as a niche. Cool. So, so, I mean, I think for anybody listening to this who's maybe in that early stages business and they're considering specialising, niching, um, you know, this, this guy's a great example of somebody that's done just that. And I, I, I truly believe that there's no way he could have had the success he's had if he'd been just a generic 
ads agency. Um, you're, uh, of course, I talk about this a lot because you're. Um, it pisses me off. You're a lot younger than I am. Um, <laughs> how old were you when you started? Like when you started originally doing a bit of consulting, a bit of them for you, a bit of everything. Yeah, I was sixteen um, when I registered my like registered this as a, a limited company. Um, I'd been doing it for kind of like a year before that, and um, had it just like um, kind of built up, and then yeah, registered when I was sixteen, um, and then. I think it was like 17 when I officially, like just 17 about turn 18 when I niched down to SMP. Yeah, and, and how old are you now? 19. So it still pisses me off, so young. Um, but but I think, you know, like great, great example of, you know, starting a business, like starting, and I know you said, oh, the limited company was formed when I was 16, but like started providing services and getting paid for them when you were like 15 years of age is just mind-blowing to me. So, so impressive. Um, what uh, there may be people listening who are in their teens wanting to start building their empire. Maybe there's even parents listening that really want to encourage their their kids to become entrepreneurial. Like, what was it that inspired you at 15, 16 to even start your own business? Yeah, um, I, I don't know what specifically it was, but I remember like being super, super young and kind of spending hours when I get when I get home from school like watching like videos from all the internet marketers I used to watch and like Grant Cardone's videos there was Alex Becker there was was a lot of those guys in the kind of sales and and online marketing world that I would just spend hours watching their videos I'd watch their webinars I would go through it all it just made me fascinated and then like you kind of see like the Lamborghinis and all of that which was (laughs) one of the things in the beginning as well and so yeah that that fascinated me um, and then um, the kind of idea of starting a social media marketing agency was kind of a mistake. Um, I was, I can't remember what exactly I was doing, but I was, um, I, I kind of seen people post about it on YouTube. It was kind of this small thing that was growing in terms of a potential business model. Um, and I think there was like a local cafe near me, um, like a kind of community cafe that uh, I can't remember how how I got in touch with them, but we ended up speaking. I had a meeting with them, um, and that was that was my first client. And um, when I was yet yeah, when I was fifteen years old, and then from there I kind of gave me an opportunity to learn a lot about it and um, and improve my skills. And that, that was that was one of the things as well. As I was doing it, like I was constantly obsessed with still getting better, still being able to deliver better services. Um, and I think I've just been fortunate in terms of like the people I've followed, the people I've learned from, um, to yet to get to get to this point um i think it's a really interesting time um because when i was a kid like being an entrepreneur having your own business wasn't like cool per se um you know and obviously the online marketing world didn't really exist then either um whereas you know like so back then like everyone wanted to be a footballer or a pop star or a movie star it was like that was cool um whereas i think now thanks to social media platforms like facebook instagram twitter youtube etc now um being an entrepreneur has become cool and it's become more accessible gary v talks about this a lot about how you know he's going like you know he's in his um, 40s i think he's in his late 40s and he's going and there's kids in their teens who think i'm cool which is just crazy because you know, when I was a kid, we didn't look up to entrepreneurs in their forties or whatever and think they were cool. So I do think that the, the, the industry, the um, the landscape has changed. 
And you mentioned people like Grant Cardone. And of course, you know, uh, he's spoken on stage at some of our events and Gary Vaynerchuk and, and, and they've really made, I think what's happened is it's made entrepreneurship more accessible. Mm-hmm. It's made learning about entrepreneurship more accessible. The way that I learned about entrepreneurship was I was fortunate as a young person in my teens to travel all over the world and go to these personal development events with Tony Robbins and other amazing people. And so I was getting in and around entrepreneurial people, but now literally you just go onto YouTube or Instagram and you can, you can see these people and learn from these people. I think it's certainly way more accessible than it's ever been. I think, you know, in your case in particular, clearly there is, um, an internal desire, you know, you, there aren't many 14, 15 year olds that get home from school and then go and watch Grant Cardone videos or internet marketing videos. So I think, you know, you had, you had a, a unique desire, which many, many don't have. What advice would you give? Um, you know, there might be, uh, might be some young people listening into this, but probably more likely parents who are entrepreneurial that would love their kids to you know, follow, follow suit, maybe follow in your, in your footsteps a little bit. What advice would you give to parents who want their kids to be entrepreneurial? Because I think you've got to be careful not to push too hard and force it. So what would your advice be? Yeah, it's a, this is a big one. One I hadn't actually thought about until I heard Grant, uh, sorry, Gary Vaynerchuk mention it. But in terms of what parents can do, my parents never pushed me to start business. Neither of them, I think my dad would claim he's an entrepreneur, but I think that's a stretch, like, and then my, my, my I really hope your dad doesn't listen to this, by the way. <laughs> Neither do I, yeah. Um, but uh, my mum as well, yeah, she, she's worked in the NHS her whole life, basically. So, like, they're completely not entrepreneurial, not business-minded, not capitalist, even. Um, so they, they never kind of pushed me into business. But what they did do, um, looking back, was, like, they had complete self, like, belief in me. Like, anything I said I wanted to do, anything, like, the wildest things, they just be like, go, go, go do it. Um, and that that was huge. But even when I wanted to drop out of university to do this, and I was still like, I wanted to drop out of university, I was still making like only hundreds of pounds a month. Like I wasn't really doing anything special at all. And um, like, they, they didn't mind. Like, I, I thought, like I was nervous to tell them because I thought they were going to be mad, but like they, they didn't care. They were like, if you believe you're going to do it, then it doesn't make sense not to do it. Um, and that, that was, I think, the biggest thing. And um, like, I never... I never felt scared to try anything or, or to fail or to whatever because um, I, I knew it. They, they believed in me entirely. And then to the, to the younger people, to kind of kids or, or teenagers or anyone else watching or listening, um, I'd also say no matter kind of how young I've been to get to the point where I am now where and we're doing whatever numbers we're doing and, and living the life I, I have at this point, um, like you still don't see. I, I, I think I calculated a few months ago, I had at least eight failed businesses before this one that took off i'd started like drop shipping stores on on shopify i'd written ebooks that i tried to sell online i'd like i'd um i used to go to like charity shops and buy stuff and then resell it on ebay which actually made some money but then there, there was so many other businesses i had um that either barely worked or completely failed before this one that taught me the skills i needed to have this one like i learned facebook ads because i had to run facebook ads to share to sell products from my dropshipping stores and then to like um and then mark other marketing strategies I've learned from other things I've done in the past. So yeah, like don't don't be afraid to if, I mean it's cliche and everyone says don't don't be afraid to fail, but it's so true because without the kind of failures 
in the early days, you wouldn't have the skills you need to be able to kind of have your, your bigger hit. Yeah, one, one of my mentors um, often says, fail fast, fail cheap, fail often. And, and I think, you know, the fact that you'd had um, like eight failed, if you want to call it that, businesses, um, you know, before you were even like 16 years of age, that's, no one ever talks about this stuff. And I think it's important. Like that, that is a great example to any young entrepreneur um, because I think that the greatest advantage you have as a young person is that you probably don't have like the responsibility that, right, this business has to work because I've got bills to pay. I've got, you know, mortgage, I've got a family to provide for. Once you get older and you've got some of those responsibilities, then all of a sudden, you know, you're under a lot more pressure to make it work and it's a lot more risky. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, that's a great message for the younger listeners. And, you know, just to reiterate what you said, I think great parenting. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this a lot. I was very fortunate, very similar to you. Dropped out of university. My mum was incredibly supportive. I think just believing, supporting your kids in whatever they want to do and believing in them completely is probably the key to great parenting. Um, and I, I think, you know, oftentimes, and it's difficult, like I've got two kids now, they're 12 and eight, and I want them to do certain things, but I can't make them do certain things. And sometimes by kind of trying to push your child into being an entrepreneur or in sports or in the arts or whatever it is, or to do really well in, you know, to become a, you know, to do really well in school and university to become a doctor. It's like, do they want that or do you want that for them? And it's the hardest thing as a parent to let go of wanting them to do what you want them to do. Um, But I think as parents, if we can, then we will raise happier, more confident, more self-assured mental and emotionally stronger kids. Um, So I think that's, it's not easy, but I think it's great, great advice. Um, Let's get stuck into some, how you've built your business now, how you've built your, your empire. You've got um, 60 odd clients in your agency, multi six figure annual revenues, um, which is, you know, no mean feat at at 19 years of age. Um, What would you say is your, best strategy or some of the best strategies that you've deployed when it comes to getting clients, when it comes to building that client base that you've now got up to 60 odd? Have you done that? Yeah. Uh, the kind of one that's worked best for me is building it's kind of micro personal brand in my industry. Like I only have like seven, 800 followers and um, kind of for my, for the account for this and for scout micro presentation. Um, but that's like compared to the size of the industry, that's decent size. Um, and the industry is so small, everybody is so connected that, um, yeah, being able to kind of build that brand and put out content um, has has led to most of the growth in terms of people finding us. Like it got to a point um, last year, we haven't kind of wanted to take on as many over the last few months just because we're working on other things and, and kind of sell more to existing clients. But back when we were taking on um, like a couple of clients a week, um, it was really, it was largely down to kind of inbound, people finding me, finding my social media um, we also then started running retargeting ads so people would see social media. I'd retarget them with like testimonials and reviews, trailer videos, like all these other kind of promotional stuff um, to kind of have them to kind of call. 
Um, so those were the two that worked best right at the beginning, kind of before I even had the brand when I was building up, it was kind of just Instagram outreach. So DMing accounts on Instagram, emails, um, and cold calling um, were the kind of three that I used. Um, but I've just, as we've got bigger and I've got busier, I don't have as much time nowadays to, to do those things. But it might be something that we look to incorporate again, um, whether we can hire somebody to, to handle those things. Um, but I love yeah. that. I mean, I mean, like again, it's it's just another. I think another um, strong reason for specialising for niching to go. Like you've got seven or eight hundred followers on your Instagram account. That isn't that many, but because that is actually you know quite a large part of the market that you serve. Um, imagine if you were a generic marketing agency and you had 700, uh, 700, 800 Instagram followers that were all different types of business, I doubt very much that you'd have been able to get the clients and the revenues that you've managed to achieve. But because it's specialized, like you say, seven or 800 followers on Instagram is actually a large portion, a decent sized portion of the market of scalp micro pigmentation clinics. So, um, and I love the fact that, you know, it was, outreach this is the stuff that no one does because everyone wants to do you know a facebook live or an instagram video um or you know pose in a professional photo with like a feel-good quote next to them and they think that's just going to magically attract clients towards them and i think what you've done brilliantly was yes you've built up your your following of the right people that are your ideal client and then you've hustled you've rolled your sleeves up you've done outreach direct messaging them um to create a a dialogue and ultimately a sales conversation um cold calling i mean this is old school stuff that no one does anymore or very few people do anymore but this is what it takes when you're starting out um, and when you haven't already built um a big audience so yeah i think you know fair play to you for doing the things that most people won't do and that's why you've got the results that most people won't get um of course it's not all sunshine and rainbows and um you know not always easy um what have been the biggest some of the biggest challenges that you've experienced on this journey yeah so that's 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 a hard question like it, it yeah it's funny like before i get to that it's, it's crazy how things can look like they're going so well on the outside but when you're kind of in the moment like the, it's constant fear over what's gonna like what's going wrong and when, what, what's gonna happen next but the, the biggest challenges, I think that was a question, biggest challenges, um, I mean, first one is just Facebook. Like Facebook is kind of where we've, um, it's the kind of where we've relied 100% on for getting results for our clients um, pretty much until now. Um, and it's just, so, it's so difficult, like constant changes, constant updates, um, like constantly doing things, disabling accounts, banning accounts. And um, that is fine if you have like five or 10 clients because you can manage it. But if you have, you're kind of the number we are, um, it's such a headache and um, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's such a hassle. So that's the first thing. Um, and then also just, I'd say, dealing with as many clients as we have and kind of all those um, expectations and kind of just making sure that um, like things go great at points, they slow down at other points and just making sure you can um, pr- prepare them for that um, and, and make sure they're, they're, they're on the same page with you from the get-go um, was something that, Again, I should have got better at a while ago. I'm quite good at it now. Um, like I'm always the, the one thing that's benefited me is I've always been entirely transparent with clients, and I, I think they, they recognise that and they, they respect that. And um, that even if things are going 
horrible or whether they're going great. Like I'll always be completely transparent with them and let them know what's going on and, and do what's in their interest. Like the amount of money I've probably left on the table um, in terms of whether it's given additional time, whether it's kind of whatever, like so many different areas where I've left a huge amount of money on the table just to make sure we can retain that relationship with the client and keep them happy because I know that it will come back to kind of pay itself and make sure that when, when we do face these other challenges, they'll be um, th- th- they'll be in our corner and they'll, they'll be easier to kind of get through it. Yeah, I think um, what's what's often true in most cases um, with most businesses that I've run, that I've worked with, is that like their greatest strength is invariably their greatest weakness. And, you know, your whole business has been built upon your ability to generate leads and build scalp micro pigmentation clinics using facebook and instagram ads that's been your greatest strength that's why people come to you because you're an expert at that it's also your greatest weakness because you go well you know we're, we're we're pretty much solely reliant upon facebook and instagram and so um i know you've been doing some work and some thinking around diversifying what you offer so that you're not solely reliant upon that that single platform of course you know, um, again, the, the the niche that you're in, the area that you specialize in is your greatest strength. You know, you're, you've become known in that industry specifically. And of course, you know, the downside to that is that, you know, everyone in the industry knows one another. And um, of course, you know, there's competitors that have seen your success and then tried to jump on the bandwagon, as it were, and, and copy what you do. Th- these are all common um, for anybody that starts building any kind of significant business. So, um, yeah, and, and I think I love your your openness, your honesty, your transparency around the, the challenges. Of course, when you've only got five or 10 clients, you're able to dedicate lots of your personal time to those client relationships. When you've got 60 or more, it's much more difficult for you to dedicate your personal time to those relationships. And so, you know, at, at some point, the fact that you built your business on personal relationships with clients, which was a strength in the early days, actually becomes a weakness later because it's difficult to grow and scale. So, um, I, yeah, I really appreciate uh, and acknowledge you for sharing the challenges. You know, that there are many, of course. Um, I often say, you know, when, you, when your business gets bigger, um, really all that happens is the problems that you're there to solve get bigger as well, um, which, you know, I think for anyone who's, um, keen to become an entrepreneur or a business owner or um, is thinking about it, although they're in the early stages, you should know that that's the gig. The gig is that you'll end up having to deal with and address and tackle bigger, uglier, more expensive, um, more dramatic problems. Um, but of course, on the flip side, as your business grows, um, you'll have much bigger rewards, bigger upside. Um, so the question is, how comfortable are you with those two extremes? Because, yeah, if you're a, if you're not comfortable with those two extremes, then building your own empire, running your own business, being an entrepreneur probably probably isn't for you. I think that's fair to say. Um, what what advice would you give to someone who's maybe in that kind of early stage? Um, you know, maybe they're listening to this, they've got an idea. Um, you know, like you had an idea that you, with everything you learned um, through studying internet marketing, 
things you'd learn through your own, as you said, by your own admission, fail businesses. You had an idea that maybe you could start, you know, running ads for the local community cafe, whatever it was. Um, what like what advice would you give to someone who's maybe not in the same industry, but they're, they're in that early ideas phase of building their business? Yeah, um, it's funny because for a while I thought it was really simple, like to to, to get started, you just kind of have if you have an idea, just kind of look at what other people are doing, figure out how you can do it better and start executing. But I've met so many people kind of since I've been doing this that um, that, you, that I, I can explain that to. And it seems simple, but they just never get started. They, they never kind of take the first step. They're always looking for another idea or a better idea. And um, so maybe that is the hard part, but just um, execute. Like just, again, as I said, look at what other people are doing. If there's nobody doing exactly what, what you're doing, then, can be a little bit harder, but I gives you kind of more creativity as well to um to, to try different things. But yeah, just look at what other people are doing, um, kind of similar to, to what you want to do and figure out what they're doing wrong, where they could be doing it better, um, and just start executing. Start executing on a small scale as well. Um, and if it's kind of within the service-based side of things, like with what I'm doing, um personal relationships with clients are huge. I just focus on going above and beyond to make sure like you're kind of making your at least your first clients into friends to an extent and um, because it will lead to so many other opportunities down, down, down the line in terms of um, them referring your other business and um, and just keeping them on board longer term so those are probably the things I did um, and then one of the huge things I did was just getting testimonials um, as soon as you've kind of got a couple of clients that you're getting results for and um, do whatever you need to to get video testimonials from them and um, because those are gold dust when it comes to um, getting new clients I've had so many people say to me that the reason they signed up was because they saw like we have at this point I think we have maybe like 13 14 um video testimonials just on our website alone um, and reviews across Facebook and Google and whatever and those are um what have made a huge difference in, in getting people to, to want to take the first step so yeah just starting small and um, building relationship with your clients going above and beyond to get the results and then getting testimonials from those ones um, and then it kind of slowly starts snowballing from there yeah, I love it. And I think, you know, to revisit what you said earlier, the um, it's the, I think a lot of people have a great idea and they think that the the clients, the customers, the business is just going to come to them um, and it doesn't. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, the, the the work that you did right at the start in the early days, the, the outreach to people on Instagram that were your ideal client, just building you know, starting a conversation with them and kind of striking up a conversation, building a relationship out of thin air. Um, the cold calls, these are the things that most people won't do or don't do for various reasons, either fear or because they're under the illusion that that it's not necessary and that, and that clients and customers will find them. For me, that that is in the early stages what makes the biggest difference. And, you know, you wouldn't have built a multi-six figure marketing agency. You wouldn't have 60 plus clients at 19 years of age, if you hadn't rolled your sleeves up and done the work necessary to get those first clients over the line. So, um, Michael Keenan, thank you so much for joining us on the Empire Builders podcast. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Um, we will, I'm sure, do this again as your journey continues because our listeners, I'm sure, will want to hear your progress, will want to be updated on what you're doing when you're 20 and 21 and it's all very exciting. So I really appreciate your, your time and um, yeah, really just got massive, massive respect for 
what you are doing and what you have done. So um, thanks again for sharing with our audience. No worries. Um, no, yeah, I've loved it and can't wait to make another appearance at some point down the line. Hopefully multi-seven figure next time we're in multi-eight figure. It's kind of the, the, the path we'll take, but we'll see. Love that. Love that. Well, uh, watch this space for when the title of this, um, I scribbled it down while we've been talking, the title of this episode is going to be um, Meet the 19-Year-Old who runs a multi six figure business. And so um, I'm looking forward to that title in future being meet the 20 or 21 year old that runs a seven figure or multi seven figure or even eight figure business. So yeah, thanks again for joining us. And uh, those that are listening in, watch this space. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect. Oh,